Hello everyone, I am Marcibo and this is the Marcibo Podcast. Hello Alex. Hello Mo. Um, so how are you feeling today? Well, I'm feeling good. This is was such a nice, very interesting day. What made it interesting? Because I just had lunch with you. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> well, yeah. you're such a global cook. I mean, we got uh, Korean noodles. Yeah, japchae. Yeah, we got the fish. Yeah. We got uh, sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes, yeah. Was and the peppers. I love peppers. Yeah, oh, yellow uh, peppers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having lunch with me. It's probably gonna be. A last time in a long time because I don't know when next I'm gonna see you again. Yeah, I mean, I met you like a year, an academic year. Like yeah. Here, I, I started here at UCO and it's been fun. It and has you're been. such a, a great person and sharing our cultures has been very interesting. Yeah, you were, you're a global thinker too. You, I want to say you have that from a global thinker, I'm also to a level of a global leader. So I see in that capacity and. For just being 22 years old, I mean, all of your wealth of knowledge about things and how very well-rounded you are, you know. Well, thank you. You know about African politics, you know about, you know, the geography, you know so much about many places. And I don't see that a lot in many 20-year-olds that I met. Heck, I can see when I was in my 20s, I don't think I was this globally oriented <laughs> as much as I am right now. So it's one of the reasons why I invited you on the podcast because you are inspiring to me. Well, you are the first person, to be honest, that I know for sure is a global citizen. Like, you are an amazing girl. I mean, when you you know a lot of so much places, you, you like Korean culture, you're from Nigeria, you live in the US, yeah. you've been in contact. When I talk even with about like, you know, Latin culture, you say, yeah, I've been in contact with Latin culture when I used to live in Austin. Yeah. And it was like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, I think that's one of the perks of moving to a country like the U.S. Because growing up for me in Nigeria, when I was um, younger, I um, I would read books because I didn't have the luxury of traveling. My, I mean, my parents made just enough for us to go to good schools and, you know, put food on the table. But traveling out of the country was a luxury we couldn't afford. So I would bury my head in books and through books you can, like, journey like thousands and thousands of miles away. And I always imagined that in that little space in my parents' apartment, that I was one day gonna travel the world. That was just my dream as a little girl. But I, I, so I knew so much about many countries that I'd never visited, but just by reading. So when I moved to the US and I actually met people from this country, I'm like, I know so much about your country. And I start telling them, look at me like, how do you know that? I'm like, because I've been reading a lot. You know, you pick up things, you know, there and there. But anyways, yeah, I think reading was what really broadened my horizon before I actually started meeting people from different countries. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you value stuff. It's not about the knowledge. It is not all, uh, all, uh, all the time about the knowledge, but how you value, how do you feel about it? How yeah. do you incorporate it in your culture? Yeah. All these uh, things that you go, like, learning, right, around the places you have been. And that's been very inspirational to me. And that is something that I really want to uh, pursue yeah. for the rest of my life. And, yeah. I mean, I've been here in Oklahoma. And, I mean, when I, I got the idea of saying, I'm going to Oklahoma, I didn't got, I, I didn't believe I was, I was going to, like, be in contact with so many cultures yeah. around the world. Because it's Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Who would have stunk? People think about Oklahoma. I know. Yeah. That's America. Oh, that's oh. what uh, the American experience about. A lot of immigrants and uh, just a mix of cultures. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, I agree. And to those listening, um, welcome to the Most Simple Podcast. I have been having just a natural conversation, like I always do with my guests, with a wonderful student friend of mine. His name is Alexander Roman. He's um, from Peru, and he's a senior actually at the University of Central Oklahoma, um, Edmond, where I volunteer with international students every Tuesday and on some other random days. And mm-hmm. met Alexander um, some months well let's say a little over a year ago and we just clicked instantly because like i said he's one of those 20 something year olds that they seem to have such a balanced perspective about things so now alex um apart from we have a lot of stuff in common you know we were very interested in politics and we also have a common love for plantains mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which also happens to be my favorite food and you also love friends you know because before we started this podcast we had like some episodes and i could see you mounting like you were actually saying everything <laughs> verbatim and you know, so i find i find that that's really really cute on so many levels that we we have so much more in common so tell me, what was it like growing up in peru and for those that are Listening, I've never even heard about Peru before, don't know anything about Peru. What would you like to say to them about Peru? Well, Peru is such a multicultural place. We got so many influences around the world. Uh, we pretty much still are in the shadow of the Inca Empire. Mm. So, like, people always try to bring back or try to connect to the culture based on all the different stuff that went through before the arrival of the Spanish, because we were a Spanish colony. Yeah. Uh, during uh, about. Um, so long time, so long time ago, like almost 200 years mm-hmm. ago, and just like learning and stuff. I mean, I was like a geek growing up. I really love cultures uh, of the ancient Peru, like ceramic, analyzing just ceramic and textiles and stuff that uh, different many cultures did, uh, including the Incas. So mm-hmm. I really, really love history, and that was a way to connect to my uh, my heritage. Uh, as a Peruvian, yeah. Good. And for those that are curious about what to expect to visit Peru, I think one of the, I don't know many places about Peru. The only place I really know about Peru is Lima because I have yeah. a friend from there. <laughs> and like I said, I haven't met a lot of Peruvians here in the US. For those that are curious about Peru, like if they wanted to visit, how would you sell Peru to them? Well, Peru, is, I mean, if you want to eat, go to Peru. If you want to visit culture, go to Peru. You're gonna go to Machu Picchu, that's only the top of the iceberg. There are many, 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 many places to visit around. And just like, for instance, I come from a very uh, multicultural family. I have many backgrounds. And that's just part of what I'm proud of, yeah. you know? And just being a Latin and Hispanic and Peruvian is such such a blessing for me. All right, so thank you for sharing that. And I know this is your country. You're very proud to be from Peru. I can see that in almost everything you do. And so I like that. Um, but in a very reductive way, which I think is also a loaded question, what is one thing you love about Peru? It could also be about Peruvians. Like, what is what, that one thing you love about your country? Well, I really love how people are very warm. They 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 are inviting, and just the country being surrounded by I mean different kind of environments and weather's and places. It just invites you to do something. You know, kind of. Uh, such a good energy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, but I, if I would have to choose something about Peru, it's the food. Mm. I mean, I love. I, I'm a food person. So like rice, beans, plantains. Uh, we don't. We can eat. We eat a lot of different kind of food. Yeah. It's um, more than that. We eat like beef and fish. We like different places. Many many different dishes like uh, lomo saltado. Yeah. Even they were talking about lomo saltado or ceviche, which is kind of popular ceviche, now. Ceviche, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fish. yeah. And yeah, I mean, such a fusion of different places. 
I'm just curious about the plant. Let's go back to the plantains a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so for many Nigerians listening to this, you might think we we have the deeps on plantains. We don't have the deeps on plantains. <laughs> plantains are actually more Central America yeah. than it is Africa. Yeah. So I want to think that maybe during the whatever century when they were doing like the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah. Someone just, you know, dropped maybe a, a, a bunch of plantains with their, mm-hmm. with their friend and they're like, oh, that's yummy, let's go plant some. And then, because we have a lot of plantains being grown in the country and yeah. I think because of the tropical weather, yes. which is a mimicry of what you have in Peru, it kind of supports it. Um, we, can, uh, we have always to think about what the uh, African people brought to Latin America and, and into Peru as well. I mean, we have many different kind of desserts, we have the influence of costumes and values and it's just a heritage uh, that I I am part of too. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so what would you say? I mean I, usually we see the other way around. Like for example now when you consider the US, we think about people coming here and trying to behave like Americans. Mm-hmm. But we forget to also consider that Americans also absorb some parts of those people's cultures yes. or take for example salsa. You know, yeah. salsa verde, and you know, when you go to some restaurants, you have salsa. That's not really yeah. U.S. American. What would you say would be some African influences that you've seen in Peru? Well, I mean, we got amazing desserts. Uh, actually, we got a very famous one called picarones, which is like a donut, huh? uh, but it's based on sweet potato. Ah. And you got some honey in it, and and then we have other candies like uh, we call turones, which is like um, a cake like a cake, very uh, flowery, very uh, sugary. Yeah. And pretty much many of the dances, you know, the traditional dances yeah. you have in Peru, have a very strong African background. It's like an Afro-Latin fusion? Yes, Afro-Latin Like fusion. cumbia and... Uh, yes, cumbia is a very big thing. I'm like thing. dancing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it, you And even I have done it, like when I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah, you wear these, uh, these multicolored kind of robes and... And it's just such a very nice thing because, uh, like, as, you, as you said, many things are, it's a mix. You, you don't have to uh, believe that it's always one way, two ways, right? We have a history, you know, like when slavery was abolished in Peru, even before many countries like Brazil did, it got, they got integrated to culture in a much, much bigger way, I think so, even in religion as well. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. And I remember there was this um, restaurant in Austin. It's called Lima Criola. It was a Peruvian restaurant. And one of the dishes I love from there was the arroz con mariscos. Oh, it's like rice and seafood. seafood yeah. Oh, delish. <laughs> delish. That's a big thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I love rice. We eat a lot of rice. Oh, yeah. And that is actually from an, from an Asian background. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a lot of uh, Chinese immigrants, too, Japanese immigrants yeah. coming to the country. And we, we actually, when I was here, I know I have a lot of friends that are from Asia. And it's like, oh, is that similar in some ways? Maybe mm-hmm. in some ways, maybe in some ways or not. And that, that's, that's just fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm think going back now and thinking about how I grew up. We eat a lot of rice too in my country, mm-hmm. and I can't really understand why because we don't. I don't think we grow rice because we don't have like swamps and rice paddies and all that mm-hmm. compared to like Asian cultures. I want to think maybe it was due to some form of colonization mm-hmm. history. But I, I don't know. I guess somebody should look into it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So currently now you're a senior, right? You I came here for an exchange program, yeah, for and year. for a year, yes. Ah, wow, you're very smart, Alex. Very, very <laughs> smart. Why, why the U.S.? And it was the first time coming to the U.S., right? 
Uh, no, I mean, I've been here for tourists because uh, I have some family living oh, yeah, in Florida yeah. or other parts of the country, but it was my first time coming to Oklahoma, being on my own. Why did you choose Oklahoma? Well, I was given the opportunity to you. There was mm. like the only university from the U.S. that is open to take you or is able to take you because we have an agreement that is working possible. It's a university from central Oklahoma, and I am the first exchange student at UCO really Peru, really yeah. so you've opened the door for other people <laughs> how does that make you feel by the way being uh, that first uh, person doing it well I, I'm happy I'm happy um, it makes me feel humble too because mm-hmm. I knew I have to do a good job like working hard and getting good grades and getting involved in some cases in the in the campus I mean the UCO campus is such a great place to grow just walking by seeing yeah. people some seeing people from many different places very inviting yeah, yeah. And I think you really worked hard because you were selected to be on the UN panel, right? United Nations panel. Oh, well, you that, did in that, was, um, that was with a class that I took a class of model United Nations. Yeah. Uh, uh, the professor was very inspiring. He's one of the best professors that I ever had. And we went to Chicago being the American model of uh, United Nations. And I remember your suit. You were really, really <laughs> sharply dressed. Uh, you yeah. look very good in suit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And, and I, I love those kind of stuff. Uh, even I'm an eco major, economics. I mean, uh, I really want to pursue a career in international affairs. Like I said, I want to see you in the UN. <laughs> I think yeah. you're going to do good there. Uh, one of the things that I really come to understand here is that uh, 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 in that specific kind of area, we need to take all profession like. Uh, with responsibility, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something kind of serious because you're dealing with things that are going on now, problems like conflicts. We see a world that is uh, with many conflicts in Syria and yeah. and different areas. Like now we were talking about like Nicaragua lately. As at the time of this recording, which is April 22nd, there's yeah. a protest going on and a lot of civilians have been killed in Nicaragua. Yeah, in Nicaragua. So, yeah. So that's kind of stuff like kind of draw me near to international affairs, to diplomacy, how yeah. we can achieve more stuff. Because I, I do believe that together we can achieve a lot. We, if, sometimes when we do not we do not get involved with other people, we see more differences, the similarities. But when you are surrounded by many people from around the world, you see, oh, we have this in common. We yeah. work together. We can achieve something, right? Yeah. Because we are all human. <laughs> now, I know for some students that come here, especially with the careers that I work with, they come here like in groups. So you have like, yeah. you know, six of them from the same university. I mean, the advantages and disadvantages of that. Advantages would be that they see people like them so they can like bond together and adjust well to the US together. The, the advantages I've seen are those that just keep to themselves and they don't want to like, you know, move out of that bubble. Yeah. So, but for you, you were the only Peruvian here. Was it very difficult for you to adjust in the beginning? Yeah, well, a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's a challenge. Yeah. Because it's a challenge to break that bubble. I mean, um, to know so many different cultures that you don't know about and then try to make friends. And sometimes we can have language barrier because we all learn English as a second language. And that, that can be kind of tricky. But again, like, you eventually realize like you can actually connect with a person in a very human level, not superficial, uh, through experiences, for instance, through food, yeah. right? You say, oh, I, I remember like where I leave some Korean friends say, oh, do you want to eat with us? Okay, I can eat with you. Mm. It's like, oh, I love this. This reminds me to something from my own hometown. But you will not know unless you went and tried <laughs> something with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is amazing. I mean, um, it's just so so much so much uh, rich cultures uh, yeah. to share with. 
and yeah so it was kind of hard at the beginning i'm mm. not gonna lie and during january you know january is kind of a cold month here in oklahoma is it colder than in peru yeah much colder than in peru what part of peru are you from by the way uh well i was born in northern peru in a, a um and i was raised in a city called trujillo trujillo and then i moved to lima for study mm. and that's what i studied but um and how far is that it's like from um, lima? a one hour flight oh not bad yeah. can you drive is it is it Oh well, um, you, we have uh, we have roads and stuff, but it takes a little bit. Longer. It's like, it takes like uh, eight hours. Really? To get there, yeah. Wow. It takes eight hours wow. to get because there's a lot of towns and stuff. I see. Yeah, and yeah, so you know the geography in Peru is very like it's not flat Hilly? like here. Yeah. yeah, it's not like flat in Oklahoma. When I think about Peru, I think about ponchos. I think about alpacas. Yeah. I think about much pictures. Lamas. For sure, that's, yeah. that's the first thing everybody think about. Yeah, and just that's and open markets and and rice and beans and like things. <laughs> yeah, well, beans are more uh, I believe laughing as a global thing, but uh, it's very related to Mexican culture, Central America, uh, so many places, so many different kind of plates. That we do have a more variety kind of things besides beans. Like we have uh, I don't know how to say this English garbanzos, payares, uh, like maize, like corn. No, it's all, th all, all different kind of grains. I see. Um, we have arbercas and different all colors. I yeah. think we have quinoa. Oh, quinoa! quinoa. I know quinoa. Quinoa is such a, a big. It's a it's now. a superfood. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, it's an American thing. So everybody knows about it. Yeah. But you guys have been eating it for like centuries. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That was uh, such a, a very valuable the Incas because very good uh, sources from proteins and stuff. And low low carbohydrate, con yeah. low starch content. And I do miss it. I, I do miss eating quinoa a lot because I actually do have quinoa. Should I make quinoa for it? I shouldn't, you know. I heat it up a little bit, put up just a little bit of sesame oil in it to give it that flavor and oh, really? I, I eat it with broccoli and whatever protein I want. It's yeah. a good substitute for rice. Yeah, you can you can make a lot of stuff with quinoa. Yeah. Uh, I tried to soak it overnight so as to remove like yes, the yes. the I forget the name, like the hot chemicals. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I normally eat it at breakfast. Like yeah. instead of cereal, Cereals, like yeah. US, I eat quinoa with milk. Yeah. Uh, or just boil it with uh, some apple and cinnamon. You know that kind oh, of wow. stuff, and it's just amazing. It's, it's it's just amazing. It makes you feel kind of like good energies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Um. And, mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, uh, one of the things that I, I I really understand, like how many cultures, including Peru, can give to a world kind of belief, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are in an area of globalization, so every culture must, I guess, uh, contribute something. Contribute something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something that I really look What do you think Peru can give to the world? Well, we already have quinoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you for that, Peruvian people. <laughs> yeah, um, we already got quinoa. And quinoa is actually uh, it's from Peru, but it's, it, it, it is also from Bolivia as well. I believe it's from the Andes as well. Yeah. And, well, just... More plantains. <laughs> we can never have enough plantains yeah. in the okay. world. Uh, no, the way that you try to keep eating in, it. In Latin America, have their own plantains, yeah. have their own weight. For instance, sometimes they call like it maduros, maduros, yeah. tostones, or chifles, or I, just platano. I went to a Brazilian restaurant here in town. Café do Brasil. Café, uh, Texas do Brasil? No, Café do Brasil. Okay, not okay. Texas, not, the, not that chain one by the way. And they, they have different ways of making plantains. And I'm like, in Nigeria, we have to maybe like, maybe, I want to say three ways, three major ways. You fry, you roast it, or you boil it. 
Oh, you know. But yeah, you guys have it like based on the the ripeness of the plantains. If it's very ripe, uh, then you can make it crispy or you can make it flat and then fry it in a different yeah. way. Yeah, that's true. So many diverse ways to think about a banana, right? It's like there's so many ways to skin a cat. Yeah. But I don't care. As long as I'm having plantains, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, it's good. So I'm mean, looking back now. You you're almost at the end of your program. You're going back to Peru soon, you know. And I'm really gonna miss you, yeah. Alex. I'm really gonna miss a lot of your students that I've been working with. Um, what would you say you would have wanted to do differently? Um, looking back at you know the time you spent here, as far as your exchange program is concerned in the U.S. or even just your international student experience has been. Here in the U.S., looking back to August when the year started. Yeah. Well. Uh, I think that one of the things that I'm going to regret is uh, getting more involved on campus. There are many initiatives, there are many uh, students' programs and stuff uh, that can really help you out. I mean, uh, I think I kind of lost an opportunity there because I believe I, at the start, I believe I'm going to stay only to December. Oh, so, so you, I, you got extended, I remember. Yeah, when I got extended, and I say so, if I knew I was going to get extended at the beginning, I may take more time to do some stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, from August to December is very short, short time, time, short yeah. time of period. Uh, but it was a hard time uh, after winter break, after uh, Christmas break, yeah. coming back to Oklahoma because I was with my family in Florida. And just a lot of people that you knew during your exchange program for one semester already left, yeah. right? And it's very cold and that's kind of a little bit sad. So it's like a starting over because you have other classes, other teachers, yeah. and you get used to it. So that's a little bit like a challenge. Um, I mean... For instance, you have made me feel like home here in oh, Oklahoma. Oh, thank like, you. Uh, people that you can rely on. Yeah. That's true. And it was my first experience living alone. Yeah, that's true. Myself, that's true. All by myself. Uh, with no family yeah. around me. But so many good people that actually made my, um, my life easier yeah. and very welcoming. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm sure your, your parents are even the most so proud of you because you did it by yourself. You know, not just within the country. You moved across the other America and then you know midlife for yourself here in Oklahoma City put yourself in network was attending classes by yourself and yeah. you know living I a life I was scared of that going to classes like what should I expect oh, like I don't yeah. really like I don't know if I'm gonna be good enough yeah <laughs> yeah but it was good everything turned out good thank God I, re I really it was really such a blessing good good so we're gonna go to the Mardi Gras section of the podcast Welcome to the Mardi Gras section of the podcast. Uh, Alexander, you are a world traveler. What's your next stop and why? Well, I would love now that I go back to South America yeah. to visit Brazil. I feel like even if I've raised and lived all my life in Peru, mm -hmm. that now that I've been here in the U.S. and um, probably going on in my life, I've been in so many places that I really want to know my culture surrounding me. I got Brazil, such a huge country, and mm -hmm. then we got uh, Colombia and Ecuador. So I will do it like doing a step-by-step. And I would love to start by Brazil and Rio de Janeiro. I, I love Portuguese. I love Bossa Nova. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do we, yeah, we have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. The girl from Ipanema. Yeah. <laughs> like, you had come to my house that day and Bossa Nova was on. I was like, do you know Bossa Nova? I'm like, of course I love Bossa Nova. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, lo I love it. Uh, I think Portuguese is such a nice language. Very similar to Spanish. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. But 
I mean, I tried picking up. A, I I can hear a bit of Spanish because I lived mm. in Texas for yeah. you know quite a while, but I just never had that strong push to learn it. Um, and my friend is Nicaraguan, by the way. She used to work for the UN, and then she had to move to Brazil for a while, mm. and she learned Portuguese in a matter of months because I heard yeah. if you can speak Spanish, you can yeah, yeah you can pick it up, yeah. But I've had some people say it's not true, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what what is it. But I believe my yeah, friend when she tells really, me that. Like myths surrounding the Romans, a uh, kind of language. Language, like, yeah, Italian, French, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. For instance, English. Some people believe like uh, our Spanish from Spain is totally different. For uh, sorry, our Spanish from Latin America is totally different to the one in Spain. Yeah. Is is fair enough for us to communicate we can we can we have some differences in some words some slants yeah but it's gonna be we can easily understand each other each other yeah yeah i can tell you that the distance between spanish and portuguese is so close <laughs> compared to you know english and korean you know at least we can all agree on that right <laughs> yeah that's true that's true uh well korea is such a nice I think language. You've been learning that. I have yeah. been learning that for a year. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's just fascinating. Look at how you can easily write mm-hmm. and talk with many other students. Yeah. And that's something that really like incentivized me to learn more stuff about Korea and other yeah. cultures. Right? Because you don't find many people that are actually that are eager to go to classes and learn and interact with people yeah. and cultures. That's that's very nice. Yeah, I think that's a good thing about the US. It's a it's a cultural melting pot, and depending on how you kind of expand that zone, you can meet a lot of people, and you can also get to learn more about your culture and find out what you know the similarities you have. But I want to say this from my interaction with many people, well, there's so much more that binds us together than separates us. Like yes. we we just have different ways of expressing things, but the core of it was so similar, so so similar. <laughs> you know, that, that that's that's true. That's. Good. And and that's something that I guess uh, can be neglected. The feeling that uh, more towards looking at the other one, right? Yeah. To the other person, to the other culture. Like oh them, us versus them. Yes. But it's not. We're all in this together, you know. Exactly. We're yeah. All in this yeah. Together. And uh, but it's by talking to people that you realize that, huh? We're similar. My goodness, your mom did that to my mom too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize Korean moms and Nigerian moms, uh-uh, not much different. <laughs> Anyways, um, so another question I have for you was this: I'm Nigerian, as you know. I believe in cultural curiosity, basically answering questions you might have about my country. And um, I don't believe in if people ask you questions that sometimes might think people people might say, oh, that's being racist. No, it depends on how questions are asked. So um, along that line, is there anything you're curious about my country? I might not be able to answer them, but I'll try my best. Yeah, well, I I watch some videos about Nigeria and films, and I'm very interesting about the, uh, the capital city, Lagos. Lagos. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you guys call it Lagos. Yeah. We call it Lagos. <laughs> but I don't know what's correct. Maybe we should ask the Portuguese because they named it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, pretty much that would be a nice question, but I guess like, is this true such a big, big city, like many, 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 many people living there yeah. in, in a city with just a, a huge growth now? So, um, very good question. Um, when I try to describe what Lagos is to people, I explain people that from here, I always say, think about Lagos like New York, almost like a social experiment. You know, it's... Okay. It's off of a coast that is off of the Atlantic Ocean and built around it, so mm-hmm. it's it's surrounded by a lot of water, and but it's very dense, you know, like it's highly dense to people. I think currently there are about more than twenty million people living in Lagos, and if you think about the space itself, it's like, eh, you know, it's not gonna be able to like take 
the number of people there so yes it's highly dense there's so many people and now people say lagos is the no man's land and what that's well it's not so they just started saying it now because everybody comes there it's kind of like new york when you go to new york you meet so many people right you find people that are new yorkers but you find a lot of tourists as well people from other cities that have or states that have moved to new york city so it's the same way with lagos we have a lot of people there because it's highly you know it's a highly industrial place mm -hmm. it's growing a lot it's a greater i mean it's a metropolitan city as well and people say if you can make it in Lagos, you can make it everywhere. Anyway, it's kind of like if you can make it in New York, yeah. you can make it anywhere. Yeah, so that's where I was born. I was born and bred there. I lived there. And um, if you grow up there, there's a way you... I mean, it's a fast-paced life, right? Mm -hmm. And But I see how people that, don't, that, that didn't grow up there would hate the place. Because it's like fast-paced, moving along. But it's a wonderful city. I always... Um, encourage anyone that wants to visit nigeria to stop by lagos and because you have to i mean if you're coming to nigeria you might as well stop at lagos it used to be the capital city before it was moved to abuja you know many years ago but yeah so that's lagos <laughs> <laughs> well i like i like the name of the city and uh i guess in there's a very cosmopolitan city as well right you got a lot of influence from other countries in africa in nigeria you see that true well um i can't really speak to that but like not too far from Lagos is a place called Badagri, which was like the um the route to like the place of no return mm -hmm. when it had like the transatlantic slavery movement. Mm -hmm. But I think what makes Lagos really interesting is the number of people that you have a lot of you know expatriates, you have a lot of people from all over. So there's a huge Lebanese community, there's a huge um Indian community. I'm hearing some upgrades of um, Koreans as well, mm -hmm. and of course the Chinese are there. And with those people, you have like schools that are catered to the needs of those kids. You have like restaurants coming up. So I think to me, it's beginning to have that, you know, um, cosmopolitan feel. Mm -hmm. And I think over time, it's going to emerge to where it's going to be like one of those um, international destinations of the world. Well, that would be nice. Yeah, if they can really sort out the transportation system, because <laughs> it, it sucks. Traffic sucks in Lagos. <laughs> You know, there's so much heavy dependence on the road. I wish they could do more with the train system, the um, water transportation yeah. as well. So as to reduce the burden on the road. And what are the, uh, I mean, the contrast between uh, the, the main cities, right, and the rest of the country? I mean, when people talk about Lagos, it, it depends on who you're asking. As a Lagosian, I'm, I have a bias already because I love Lagos. But I, I do see why people complain about it. They'll tell you that Lagos sticks out like a, a sore thumb. There's no city quite like it. Many, there are many cities that have tried to mimic Lagos. But it can't be like because Lagos is by itself. She, she's she's so distinct. I call her she, by the way. You know, she's so <laughs> she's so distinct. You know, just in everything. I think it's just it's the appeal it has. You know, like you can come there and hustle, hustle and make something for yourself. Now the other cities in Nigeria that I love. I mean, I've lived in Ibadan, which is like part of the southwestern cities in Oyo State. I mean, it's kind of nice, but it's also like almost like ancient meets um, modern. And Ibadan has a way of just standing out sometimes. You can see that separation of the ancient life and then the modern life. But Lagos has a way of just blending. You see a lot of ancient stuff around you, but you don't look at them like, ooh, ooh, old, oh, e, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it really stands out differently from most cities. Even Abuja, which is now the capital city, it's, it's more political than cosmopolitan to me. Because <laughs> everybody in Abuja is supposed to be like, a politician or yeah it's like or, least, kinda, or maybe like you know uh, five five um two degrees of separation from a politician but that's lagos she's 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 everything she's trouble she's a beautiful mess and you know i grew up there it's, yeah it's, it's where i made life yeah how do you feel now that you've been so, uh, so many years here in the u.s 
How do you feel about your country? Wait, did we just switch places? Are you not the host of the show? <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome to the Alexandra <laughs> Roman podcast. <laughs> but go ahead, what was your question? Okay, I think this will be the last question. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm very interested about, about that. Like, how do you feel now that you've been so many years here in the US? Now, uh, yeah, about your culture. I feel neither here or there, you know? I'm not American, I'm not Korean. I'm Nigerian and I put that with a, an asterisk on it because the Nigerian that came here seven years ago is not the Nigerian going back, you know, to visit. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just me trying to point out that my my mindset now is more of a global citizenship mm -hmm. mindset than a nationalistic mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm proudly Nigerian. Nothing can ever take that away because that's like the foundation of my very core. But by being Nigerian, I've also been able to add that co component of cultural curiosity to learn more about cultures around me. And um, so going back home, I, I don't expect everyone to understand, mm -hmm. you know, just the changes that have occurred in me. I can see how people might look at me like, what's up with her? Like, what's she trying to feel like? And I do get that. I probably would do the same if I were in their shoes or not. But um, I like where I am right now because by being this flexible, you know, Um, being proud of Nigerian, yes, but also being flexible and learning more about other cultures and finding what I can pick and also what I can give back has made me, you know, learn more about people. And it's made me a better person, um, also that component of cultural patience. And, um, yeah, I, I see the world now and I see people as my brothers and sisters. You know, like the way I interact with my Korean students, I see them as my siblings and, you know, that connection. I think it would be very difficult for me if I just thought of myself as a Nigerian, just a Nigerian. I want to just, you know, stick to that fact. Mm -hmm. So that's that. It's going to be different. It's going to be difficult, but it's okay. I I wouldn't trade this experience now for anything else. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to listening all the stories. All my stories, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, with this podcast even starting, it's a testament to that fact that if I just stayed in my little bubble as a content Nigerian, which yeah. there isn't anything bad in that, but I, I wanted more and I knew I was destined for more. So yeah, I'm looking forward to going back home and visiting, but I know I, I'm kind of nervously excited about it just because of the, some of those um, concerns that I had raised, but it's all part of it, you know, but they're always going to be my people. I'm always going to be, you know, Nigerian. So I guess we get to, when we get to that river, we'll cross it. That's amazing. Thank you. So um, this is it, Alex. Uh, it was such a nice time to share with you. Thanks. And, yeah. Thanks for spending your Sunday <laughs> afternoon with me. Knowing that I'm not going to be seeing you in a long while, but you're going to do great things. Well, Even thank you. you believe that, right? Yeah. I see that in you. You're going to do great things. Keep trying your best. Keep your shoulders high. And, and I can't wait for your future because I'm, I'm so, 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 so excited for your future. I see that in you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Yeah. I've told you this before. You know? <laughs> I've told you many times. So yeah. this is just me saying it again <laughs> for the benefit of those listening because we've talked about things mm -hmm. like this. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, it's been such a the first experience doing a podcast and I, I hope it's not the last time no. for me and yes maybe I might Skype with you one of these days when you get back to Peru and you can show us some pictures of llamas and, <laughs> and Machu Picchu how many times have you been to Machu Picchu? I've been twice to Machu Picchu was it kind of like, like I've seen videos of people just stand there and that's it oh well um, I like immer I like immersing culture like I love to know I love to know the facts Uh, to re make a research before and going, that's me. Take a tour guide yeah, or something yeah. and explaining the stuff in their own perspective. And it's just just when you arrive, it's this great energy 
that you are seeing something that it was so powerful and so meaningful uh, to that culture, I mean, to the Inca culture, such a, a big empire, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing, makes you feel very proud. And I hope a lot of people that are listening now will get the opportunity to go there, to visit Cusco, to visit Lima, to visit Peru, and Machu Picchu. Yeah. Well, there you go. We've had um, Alexander Roman, a Peruvian, probably so, sign us the idea of visiting Peru. And we've talked about so many things. We've talked about um, plantains, for sure, um, global citizenship, and just how some in the intersectionality of Peruvian culture with African culture in the manner of the food and dance. And uh, Alex is also an economics major at, as an exchange student at the University of Central Oklahoma. We'll be heading back to Peru for his, um, his final year yeah. and hopefully getting to the next level where we finally see him as the Secretary General UN. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say, oh, I know him, Alexander Roman. But anyways, Alex, it's really been my pleasure telling your story and thanks so much for sharing that part with me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And have a safe trip and I won't say goodbye. See you around, Alex. See you around. <laughs> All I could say in French. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir, <ma> <laughs> All right, everyone, that was the Morcible Podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes as the Morcible Podcast. This has been your host, Morcible. Talk to you soon. Bye.